And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. This is our post-game Saints-Bucks recovery podcast. The Bucks had 20. The Saints had 10. That means the Saints lost. And it was more painful than that because the Saints defense, in my opinion, dominated that game and the offense was unable to take advantage. And that's the most frustrating thing is, you know, Tom Brady didn't do anything that's that makes you go back and be like, wow, this is the best quarterback of all time winning a game. No. That's not what the story of this game was. Um, he took advantage of of a Saints team that couldn't do anything on offense. And so let's start with the duds. And so my first dud of the day is going to be Jameis Winston. Womp womp. And it's not because I don't think he's a good quarterback. It's not because I don't think that he can lead this team to wins. It's because today, based on what I saw, either he is still a work in progress as a quarterback in this offense or his back was affecting him more than he wants to admit. And, you know, whether that gets better going forward, there is something you have to consider here, which is maybe a week off is going to be necessary. You have, and and, and hear me out because you have a long way to go until you have a bye week, right? You were talking week, what, 14, 13, 14? It's definitely, yeah, I think we got 10 more weeks before we, we we have a week off. Right. And so if it's a question of, man, his back is just at a point where it's just going to continue to nag at him. And it's like, if you can give him a week off and get him back to 100% versus get him for what whatever percentage he is right now for four, five, six more weeks, then I think you have to consider that. And you paid Andy Dalton, right? You brought Andy Dalton in for situations such as this. And I think you have to seriously consider it because, you know, what you saw today, and, and granted, the Bucks are a good defense. You don't want to take anything away from them. They're very difficult to play against. They get after you as a quarterback. They play very physical on the edges. I think the Saints are still kind of coming into their own as an offense. There's been limited time on task with a lot of these wide receivers who are playing together for the first time. It's only their second game together. Um, you didn't have Alvin Kamara, which limits what you can do offensively. But... I think that as a, as a team that understands that this is a long season and you just need to make sure you're putting your best foot forward each week, you have to consider that maybe a week off for a guy who's dealing with fractures in his back is what you might need to do. So he is my first dud of the day. Um, his stats, let's just go through them really quick. The big concern is too, is like how, how long is, is a week going to help with, with that healing process. Oh, I don't know, but it, it, it's something you have to think about, right? You have to kind of weigh that. It's like, will a week off help him if he can get, you know, so like from today until two Sundays from now, it, will that be enough time to like get him back to the point that it's not affecting his throw? And that's just something you have to think about. Um, today, 25 for 40, 236 yards, one touchdown in not completely garbage time, but pretty close to it, right? Yeah. That it wasn't you weren't getting the full Bucks defense at that point. You know they were they were playing prevent. They were making you take time. Uh, so one touchdown, three interceptions, a fifty five point eight quarterback rating. And I would argue that his numbers on that line are not indicative of how the game went because I think he was worse than that looks. Um, because the those are a majority of those numbers are from the final quarter, right? The touchdown, all three interceptions, yeah. and a good chunk of that yardage was in the fourth quarter. Um, so the first three quarters of that game, you did not see an offense that could move the ball. They ran the ball well. 
that's one thing that you can look at outside of that fumble by Mark Ingram. You didn't have Kamara, but you actually did move the ball well. So that's not a good sign when you are actually running well and you still can't get the thing anything going on offense. So he is my dud, my first dud. Yeah, I can't disagree with that at all. And it was really disappointing, I, I guess, to hear about the severity of this back issue because I, I don't I don't know. I mean, to me, fractures fractures in your in your back area. I don't know how the man's even going out there to play football, much less you know taking on a, a Tampa Bay pass rush. Uh, he got six sacks six times in the game. And surprisingly, I, I didn't notice any kind of wincing or him in any serious pain getting up. Uh, just really impressed with how he dealt with that. But there were just too many times where I guess he was using, you know, the, the arm to overcompensate because he, he, there were too many passes that he sailed on players. No question. So this is how we'll do this. That was my dud. Now, Steve, you give us your first stud and then we'll kind of we'll flip. Definitely a stud of the game I, to me was Pete Werner. I was mm -hmm. uh, impressed with him, For especially sure. a guy that, man, there were so many questions I had coming into just the season because of all the time he missed with the groin injury, uh, had a salad outing in game one in Atlanta, another great performance uh, here against the Buccaneers. Let's see, he had um, eight total tackles, six solo, had a pass defended, but uh, just a guy who's been – uh, able to show off his range and looks like a huge key piece to this defense going forward. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he has been a he has been a stud, and he's you need him to be a stud, and he has been one because you do not have a lot of depth at the will linebacker spot. So if you can get that, if you have him and Demario in that spot, and and again, it, it's important to to say this is team is one and one, right? This team is one <laughs> right. and one. They are one and one in the division. But right. they could easily be 0-2. I guess that's the negative flip you could put on it. Right, and they're not. Right. They, they, they played to a level where they could be 0-2, but they're not. They're 1-1. One one. So this could be worse. You know, these were two, you know, week one against Atlanta is a tough matchup. It's a divisional matchup. I know Atlanta's not great, but they gave the Rams a run today. I don't think they ended up winning, but they came back. Right. You know, and I think the Falcons are a little better than we might have given them credit for. But either way, you won that game. You're 1-1. One one. You're going to Carolina, a team that lost to the Giants and the Browns with Jacoby Brissett. So that's a game you have to win. But this was when I when I projected the 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 season when I looked and I got them to 11 and 6. This was a game I had them losing. I had them right. going I had them starting 4 and 1 and losing this game. So take that for what it is. I think they they're still on track, but you saw a lot of things in this game that make you concerned. And I know everybody was obviously all hyped up because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hadn't won in the regular season with Tom Brady, but come on. I mean, it was it was definitely a, a scenario where you had to had to think at least in the back of your head that the, the that Brady and the Bucks were due for one. Yeah. Okay, so I have I have one guy who I have to call a stud. And one yeah. but one note I have to make first. Chris Olave had 13 targets today. That's insane. Why? <laughs> I mean, and you hit him on five of them, and one of them was a 51 yard gain, which he fumbled. So you targeted Chris Olave 12 times for four completions for 29 yards. That's not great. Anyway, um, he's not the stud. Mike Thomas, 665 and a touchdown. He He's still a guy who you need to get more out of. Um, but the stud for me, 
and so here I'm going to preface this. This is my stud, but I have two guys who I really want to talk about. So I'm going to talk very shortly about this guy and a little bit more about both of them. Shy Tuttle. How was, when's the last time you saw a defensive tackle lead the team in tackles? Yeah. Does not happen. He had nine tackles in a sack. The defensive tackle group was, was one I had questions about. And I think that, you know, that's, that's really positive when you can, you know, you're going to get Malcolm Roach back eventually. Christian Ringo has been a practice squad elevation. He's looked solid. You know what you have in David Onyemata. If that group can be a strength, that's really good. Yeah, I think that we've seen a lot of great things from Shy Tuttle during the offseason heading into this uh, year that we were excited about. Uh, there was, you know, some questions, and I think it was the Green Bay preseason game where he had a big a bit of a goof. Uh, but uh, a guy that Malcolm Roach. Oh, that was Malcolm Roach. Yeah, yeah, the the, the not the, Shy Tuttle, right? Yeah, that was Malcolm Roach. Uh, but yeah, with with um, Tuttle. Just a, a key part to this team being successful uh, inside. And, and, you know, I thought a him along with Onyemata were going to be key for this game. And unfortunately, Onyemata just is a, is a guy that still hasn't been really standing out for me. No, no. But yeah, I mean, you know what you have in him. Like he's consistent. And the if you can get consistent play out of the guys next to him, then I feel good about it. And it, it's, and it's also... You know, it's really tough to gauge defensive tackle play in real time. It's one of those things where if you ask Dennis Allen about it, he will never give you an answer right off the field because he needs to go look at tape. And so, I, you know, that, right. I'm not going to overreact to anything I see from a defensive tackle. But when you see when you see Shai Tuttle lead, leading the league and I'm sorry, leading the team in tackles, that means he had a good day. But kind of moving on. So, Steve, we still need your dud. I would guess that the biggest dud is the fact that uh, Mark Ingram, because of the fumble and where it occurred and the the point in the game where it was, and it just it seemed to really suck the air out of a dome that was ready to explode, as you mentioned earlier. And uh, I believe Dennis Allen even, uh, we have a clip of him talking about how it was a big turning point in the game. It was a, it was, it was a game changer. You know, I think the ball's on about the 10-yard line at that point in time. You know, and and uh, you know, we're in a, we're in a good position, you know, with how we're playing defense. Uh, that if we're able to put some points on the board, I think we we I think it was about a minute left to go in the third quarter when that happened. And so, yeah, I thought that was a I thought that was a, a momentum changer in the game. Yeah, you know, and I called that on Twitter I, when it happened. I said very uncharacteristic two weeks in a row for Mark Ingram. And I want to tell you, I got killed by a bunch of people saying, have you not been watching this Saints team? Do you not know Mark Ingram? I, I just never thought of or considered him a fumbler. And I think, you know, you you looked up uh, some of the numbers even to, to really back that up. I was kind of surprised on how many people kind of came after him or me saying the fact that, you know, this was very uncharacteristic of him. Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. He's in his 12th NFL season. He has fumbled. 12 times in his career. So he averages one fumble a season, which is a running back, you know, that's, you know, considering right, so back, the back-to-back -back weeks is a, is a huge deal. Considering the way it happened today, right? Which is a good example of like, I was in the end zone. I was right at the, at the back of the end zone watching this. He had two hands on the ball. You know, he was protecting the ball. It wasn't a situation where he was being loose with it. They just got the, they just punched it out, you know, and sometimes that happens, but you know, he's lost nine fumbles in his career. He has never lost more than two fumbles in any season. In two games, he has lost two fumbles. And 
the frustrating thing is, if not for that fumble, we would be talking about how Mark Ingram ran for 60 yards on 10 touches yeah. and had an excellent game filling in for Alvin Kamara. Right. Average we would talk about carry, right. Yeah, right. That's the math is easy there. It's six <laughs> yards of carry and he looked good and he ran the ball. Well, he ran with power and it was that one play, you know, and that's the frustrating thing, but that does, you know, that, that play changed the game. So you can't talk about how good his game was otherwise, because it doesn't matter. And uh, yeah. And, and I feel bad for him because, you know, you can tell he cares. This is not a guy who, it's just like, well, whatever. I had a good game and I had one bad play. He he was emotional. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like you could tell when he was talking, like he was talking about the fumble. And I, I, I'm not going to say he was on the verge of tears, but like you could tell there was emotion there. Like he knew he let his team down. Exactly. And I felt for the guy because – you know, he's, he's been in the league for 12 years. He's, he knows what he's supposed to do. He knows his job is to come in here and not put the ball on the ground. And for whatever reason, he's just been unable to avoid it in the first two weeks. And it, it, it bothers him, you know, and take that for what it is. He's still screwed up, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's tough. And we we can just segue into the, the first honorable mention that I have, because I thought Dwayne Washington looked really good. In, nice to see him back for sure. He had four. Yeah, it's his first game back since he he tweaked his hamstring in that first joint practice with the Packers. He missed the rest of the preseason, and he looked like a guy who was going to get run. Like he looked like a guy who was going to be involved as a running back, and that injury kind of derailed that. You know, Tony Jones only had two carries, right? Tony Jones was the guy who went into that. You would expect to be the RB two. Dwayne Washington ran so well on that drive prior to Mark Ingram's fumble. He got the ball four times, ran for 18 yards. He plowed through the line. He looked great. And I don't know what the plan is for him long-term, but I think that he should be the RB3 because I think that he just looks good. He looks like a guy who has pop. He looks like a guy who cares. And uh, I'd like to see him get a chance. And I don't know if that comes at the expense of Mark Ingram, but if you're Mark Ingram and you can't, and if you put one more ball on the ground, I think you lose that job because you can't keep doing that, man. You can't. Yeah, and I guess you get a you got an honorary stud. I'm going to give an honorary dud out to tight end Adam Troutman, a guy that just I I don't know. He he. I thought you couldn't do less than last week, and yet again, he's not even targeted. Doesn't even appear on the stat sheet, and I guess it's a little concerning considering. You know, you expected more out of this guy in year three for sure. Yeah, and um, you know the term "dud" applies because you know if it's like if a bullet is a dud, it means it didn't fire, and it's what it feels like for yeah. Adam Troutman these last two weeks. He just has been a non-entity. You have not seen him, and you know I think that that's a sign that he is just a blocking tight end in this offense. Um, and uh, you know Nick Vanette was inactive again, and again I. Feel like if if you're looking for a blocking tight end, Nick Vanette is the better option as a blocking tight end. If you're not throwing to the guy, it does not make sense to have Nick Vanette inactive and to have Adam Troutman active, other than the fact that you spent a third round pick on him because Nick Vanette is a better blocker. Uh, so I don't know. I, I don't know. But yeah, it, and at, at this point, especially with your quarterback with you know a fractured back, uh, you need all the blocking help you can get. 
Yeah, and Murtis says, Ingram is not a dud, maybe after another fumble. And that's what I'm... He was a dud today. You know, dud is a tough word, right? Because he did play well, but he... But that fumble changed the game. Yeah. And you cannot be the veteran running back in that room and put the ball on the ground twice in two weeks. It is too impactful of a play. He got bailed out last week by Marcus May punching the ball out. If they go in and score on that drive, the Saints are probably 0-2 right now. So you could argue that, you know, if not for Marcus May, Mark Ingram would be the the chief cause for this team starting 0-2. And that's something that you did not expect to say but it's it's reality, and he's got to be better. One more honorary stud for me, Alante Taylor. When Mar- when Ty- when Marshawn Lattimore got ejected, he was forced into the fire. There's no Paulson Adebo, right? He had to go in there and play across from Bradley Roby, and I thought he looked excellent. He hit hard. He separated the receiver from the ball. There was a play that could have essentially ended the game on third down that the, the Bucks went for the kill shot. And he went downfield on Brashard Perriman, and and he went straight for the ball. He knocked it out. You know, he's a guy who you didn't, you don't expect to see when things go well this year. But you see the, you can see the vision there. You can see why this guy was a second round pick because I think there's going to be a point down the road where he is a key contributor on this defense. And I thought in a in a in spot duty that he was just forced into the action. I thought he looked great. Yeah, and even his contributions when he's on special team, the guy yeah. looks like a speeding bullet coming downfield. He's been really good uh, as a gunner. Yeah, definitely really impressed with Taylor, and uh, that was my biggest concern of him. You know, we were talking about the previous week of a guy that could fill in in the nickel role. I just didn't think he had, obviously, enough experience or time in the defense to be on the field, but obviously coming out today in, in that spot where they needed him, uh, when Lattimore was ejected, uh, definitely, you know, got his feet wet, looking good, and can only be more things for him ahead, Good, more good things ahead for him in this defense. No doubt. All right, this is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller. We're going to come back with a quick mailbag, and then we are going to get out of here and start thinking about next week because this week has been miserable. Stick around. Ooh.